Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, the podcast that will never, ever stop reminding you that Kids in the Hall is better than all Degrassi series ever produced. Yes. We'll be reviewing every episode with jokes about mayo and unmissable segments like Hans always likes the most white bread and with mayo skits and fuck, why do the kids keep doing racist caricatures? While we're at it, we'll be answering the important questions like what's with all the hoopla? I'm Trevor Record and I'm joined as always by Kalina McCordoff in London, England. Love the mayo. Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. Can I get some extra mayo on that? And Stu Derek Kotick in Vancouver, Canada. Slather me up with mail. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be reviewing episode 10 of season one, which aired on January 9th, 1990. Let's kick this off with our sketch rundown. We've got Salt Confiscator. A security guard stops some hoopla. Only in the end, it turns out he was a salt thief all along. <laughs> Bad straight man, in which David plays an overly earnest vaudeville straight man. Two brothers and a sister. Bruce and Scott play horrible brothers who need haircuts before they appear in court. Farmer with a tail. Another Mark Yarn. This time he's a farmer that has a tail. <laughs> one step at a time, taking things one clinging, stifling, needy, jealous step at a time. <laughs> Think I'll go eat worms? The second appearance of the Nobody Likes Us guy. They actually eat worms. <laughs> Bad Straight Man 2, in which a previously funny sketch is ruined with a racist character. The Moon in which two young men think they are poetic and David doesn't know what to say at the end. So I want to start this segment off with kids say the darndest fucking things because there were some hilarious lines in this episode. So, Stu, do you want to start us off with your favorites? Oh, there are so many good zingers in this one, but I think my favorite was the uh, two brothers and a sisters, which I refer to as drunk foobar kids. And yeah. I think the line for me was they they want advice as to eat a meatloaf they found in the garbage. And they followed <laughs> up with, yeah, do you have 11 ounces of liquor to wash it down with? And Mark McKinney shows up with overproof rum in a measuring cup. And it's just, <laughs> I loved it. I loved that moment. It's That's a pretty good a line. a wonderful skit. I, my favorite is also from that skit where they say, Teresa, can you live with yourself knowing you let us die without giving us haircuts? <laughs> I, that seems like a very Trevor favorite line. To me. Um, uh, for me, it's a, it's a toss-up between two. One, one from, uh, one from the uh, take things one step at a time, and it's the initial introduction of the premise for that sketch, which is, Oh yeah, don't try to rush things. You know, don't try to control things. Just take it one grasping, desperate <laughs> step at a time. Uh, the, the, the the introduction of that premise just had me losing it. But um, I think my actual favorite is from the Moon sketch, uh, and it's it's uh, Mark in his wonderful French accent saying, "The way at night, her long legs would stick into the moist night sand like God's own barge poles." You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the delivery, uh, like just the concept of God having his own barge poles, uh, it just it was so delightful. Um, so uh, as for my favorite uh, kids quotes here, I mean, 
Honestly, I feel like the cold open from the hoopla sketch where Mark says, so then she took her long bony finger, pointed at me, and told me I had no future as a bicycle courier. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Just comes out of nowhere. Um, but then, obviously, uh, another another real good zinger from the two brothers and a sister sketch uh, where Bruce and Scott as the hosers contemplate the future of the meatloaf they found in the dumpster where they start getting really philosophical and say, I mean, should we abandon this food just because it's fallen through the cracks of so-called normal society? <laughs> it's great. Dumpster it's Meatloaf great. doesn't get the respect uh, it deserves. Oh, uh, Dumpster Meatloaf could be the name of Bruce's punk band. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there were some good zingers in this episode. I want to uh, round that off with a segment that we like to call Does This Hold Up? But I think this time I'm just going to call it, fuck, why do they keep doing this? Where we talk about a problematic <laughs> or edgy skin <laughs> On balance, it still works or is acceptable today. Um, and we're be talking about another skit where Mark pretends to be a man of another race. I wish it's the only time that it happened mm-hmm. this season, but no, uh, this time... He's wearing a kimono, pretending to be like a samurai or something like that. Uh, so, how, what do you, how do you take this, Hans? Um, I think it's one of the. Oh, it's not as egregious as the blackface because it doesn't have that same kind of historical context to it that blackface does. But it's still bad, and it's worse in many ways because it's also just not very funny. Like, it, like I, I, I don't want to be that guy who is like making excuses for their use of like racial stereotypes and caricatures um but at least if you're gonna be on the wrong side of history be funny while you do it and and they didn't uh they didn't even pull that off so uh so yeah not not uh not one of their better ones uh among the worst ones what what i think was especially egregious about it was like the original iteration of that skit where it's dave and he's just overly earnest and keeps ruining all the jokes is actually a pretty good skit Mm mm-hmm yeah, it really didn't need the samurai, at, but there's that no. didn't add anything to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, again, like, it just makes me wonder, and perhaps we can ask someone one day who lived through that time, uh, whether in 1989 it was still on the cusp of being acceptable, like, or was it just on the basis that it was a vaudeville sketch that also made it okay? Like, I just, I just really don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, this is, I, I think it was, this is the era of, like, movies with Wong Dong Duck and so forth in it, so mm. this was still just something you'd see on TV and in movies still back then, you know? Yeah, totally, totally ruined a series of sketches that could have been better. That's the thing for me, is that, uh, I, I take all your points about the racial caricature, because it doesn't really add that much, except it kind of does. Like, it's not funny for me because it is a send-up of a Japanese person, which is just kind of cruel and lazy, but I thought this, the second iteration of Vaudeville was funnier because Mark McKinney does some good physical comedy. Like, there's this part where he, like, really stiffly bows after staring blankly out into the audience. That was a good little bit. That yeah. I thought was really funny, and, like, <sighs> I see what you, like, it's, I think it's just, it's too much to really congratulate or appreciate, but I thought it was funnier yeah. than the Dave Foley bit, which was just kind of uncomfortable. Oh, I love the Dave Foley bit. Worked, yeah. yeah. My notes say I am so aware of how sad and weird Dave Foley is. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I've seen this happen in real life though, where like someone's trying to be funny and someone's just not biting, you know? And he's like, <laughs> "Oh, I see what your misunderstanding is." <laughs> but that just made me feel horrible. It was like my like 
fourth grade birthday party all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Where you were trying to be funny and no one got it. Yeah, they were just, just trying like, to earnestly explain things to you. Yeah, they were just like, w- when does the cake get here? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that note, let's move on to the best and worst kid segment where we elect who we thought was a stand out performer and who stank it up. Um, and so maybe I'll start with you, Stu. Who, who was your favorite and least favorite in this one? Ooh, I didn't think there was anybody really dropped the ball on this one. I think if I had to pick a worst kid, it would have to be Scott. And like the one we mm. did in the past where Kevin got the worst pick from Trevor just by virtue of absentia, I think that's the one for me. Mm. I just didn't see much of him in this one. Um, he gets worst kid because you missed him. I just missed him, you know? I just, <laughs> I just, I wonder. Punish him for I his absence. I wonder what he's doing and if he's thinking about me and if he'll ever return. <laughs> Don't and, you uh, ever do that again. <laughs> I'm going to do it every time you're not looking at me. It's the best. Uh, for best kid, uh, I think I kind of like Mark McKinney. He does his good acting on this one, you know? Like I said, I think he almost saves that racist caricature in vaudeville 2 and his work in moon is really good it kind of plays into his stuff this furry tale is stupid but also he pulls it off because of who he is and how he delivers you know i i'm gonna have to dissent with you i actually thought mark gets worst kid here because i i did not like the the farmer with a tail story at all like i I feel like it was just too long-winded yeah i didn't like it uh, yeah, also, but like when you know it's not like when you don't know it's coming, and then all of a sudden you see him like scratch his back, but all of a sudden the tail swaps. Up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, you're like, what? What the hell? I, you're, you're getting yeah. this like really lovely story about a family farm, bought up by his grandpa, and then in 1967 Thanks. he grew a tail. It, it's I, a one trick pony, but it's it didn't tickle my funny bone in the same <laughs> way. I don't know. Sorry. I mean, he also pretends to be a Japanese samurai, and it doesn't land for me at all. Oh too. yeah. Um, oh right. So, yeah. Oh right. That bit. <laughs> um, and I think that for me, this is a rare Dave episode, um, and he's especially great to me in the bad straight man uh, skit and in the nobody like us skit where he and Kevin eat worms after winning over a bus of people by singing nobody likes us uh so i love both of those bits and uh dave foley although we're, we're constantly crapping on him uh really pulled this episode together for me uh what about you Kalina? yeah i'll have to agree with you on this one dave really stole it with the vaudeville bit i know you didn't buy it Stu, but i just love when he realizes that the baseball joke who's on first sketch is actually confusing and tries to clear the air he says oh oh i I see what you are getting confused here let me explain it to you and he just had the most perfectly confused look in that other uh moon sketch where he absolutely has nothing poetic to say um in terms of who stunk it up uh no one in particular you know i do think the tail gag saved mark um of course yeah we've got the samurai so that knocks him down a peg but you know kevin was a great support in the vaudeville sketch and while hoopla fell flat for me bruce committed it's a it's a good episode and for pretty much every kid there's really no one no one stands out as having done really badly i think in many ways, the my least favorite sketch was maybe the salt confiscator, but only because I was left wanting more. I wanted to know more about it. But um, so it's ma- it makes it hard to pick a best or a worst kid. Uh, 
I mean, I think I have to go with Mark just because I loved his his <laughs> Quebecois musings in the Moon sketch just so much. Like every line was just so beautifully delivered, and I, I just he could say that man can say anything, and I'll laugh. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to Mark for the best, and for the worst, you know, there, there really isn't one. Everyone was everyone was pretty solid this episode. I could maybe. I can't even give it to Scott because Scott was—he was really funny in the sister sketch. So, no, there is no bad kid. All the kids are good. <laughs> well, and what was our standout sketch? Uh, because we usually do a rating out of five for the best sketch and sometimes the worst sketch as well. Um, so, Hans, uh, what would you rate as the best sketch and the worst sketch in this episode? Uh, for me, it's the moon. I just love that moon sketch. Uh, mm. I loved Mark and Bruce and their different takes. Like Bruce's garbage beat poetry was so spot on and so Bruce. Uh, <laughs> so that one, that one uh, just just edged out. Uh, the I think I'll go eat worms as well as the uh, the bad straight man, <laughs> the first bad straight man, which I also really liked, with a four point two out of five. Um, mm, and the worst sketch, very specific. the worst sketch, I don't think is going to be very uh, controversial. Was uh, the straight man number two? With a lowly, uh, a shockingly low two out of five. Ooh, you! Oh, I cannot <laughs> believe you rated that lower than Weston. I that is. Uh, Hans, you well, man what are, what are your bad. feelings on this this episode, Stu? Uh, uh, what, what, what ratings are you giving it? A lot of them are really strong. I really liked mm. Drinking on the Roof, but I don't think it was the best for me because it it suffers from length. It, it drags a little bit. I remember thinking like, yeah, we Bruce gets to do poetry and Mark gets to act, and then we get a yeah, you know. <laughs> Um, it is still really funny though. I thought that the wake up skit was really funny because I love Fubar skids. I love when they play skids. Mm -hmm. I just, it feels really close to home for me, and I think it's really funny. Um, and I really, I really liked Hoopla. I, I, I like Bruce McCullough <laughs> freaking out about stuff. Mm. And I was just like, I like that bit, and it's a really good cold open. I know I shouldn't give it too many points just for a scene placement, but mm -hmm. I love when it has a strong cold open that's just super strange and surreal. Be like on the prowl for signs of hoopla. Like, oh, I love it. I love that weird little tableau. I'd probably give it to that one. And that's the worst. Mm -hmm. As much as, like, I don't think there was anything really stood out as bad if I had to pick the least strong. Honestly, I know that this is not popular, but I think that the Mark McKinney on a farm is worse than Vaudeville 2, because Vaudeville 2 at least mm. has the <laughs> physical comedy to it. And, like, as, as poorly as it has aged... There's some good physical comedy there, and I recognize that it showcases Mark's skills. I don't think any of the other kids mm. could have pulled off that character. It would have looked really uncomfortable, more so than it does. <laughs> Whereas the Mark McKinney on a farm is charming, but there's one joke in it. The joke is that he has a tail. It's, it's a whole <laughs> setup with very little payoff. And so I you don't appreciate Mark the way he deserves, Stu. <laughs> 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 the Mark appreciation is in the eye of the beholder there. <laughs> So I think Kalina actually dissents with us on a lot of uh, the oh, skits in this one. So, so I, I want to hear from her, too, here. <laughs> oh, my God. The worst sketch was the moon <laughs> one. Like, I couldn't tell at the beginning. Was Mark supposed to be Quebecois or a pirate? Both. Like, Same it, thing. It was not <laughs> oh, God, yeah. So it just, it just two out of five for me. Um, 
As for the best, that's tough because I did like the first vaudeville act with Dave Foley, but uh, Two Brothers and a Sister mostly uh, gets my vote because it gave me some serious rural Canadian nostalgia. So 3.5 out of 5 for me. We haven't mentioned this yet, but I wanted to bring it up since you mentioned the the sister sketch, Kalina. Did anyone else just absolutely love Mark being completely silent in that sketch? Yes. No, I did not. I wish I was like kept waiting for her to say something and like... I guess that was almost distracting me that she wasn't. No, that was, I thought it was it, so perfect. I, I was just like, this is the long-suffering sister who just can't even be bothered to speak to her jack-offs, like, brothers, you know? And I, I just thought it was so uh, perfect. She doesn't and face Another great either. Mark moment. Yeah. Her, yeah, it is, it is, her glowering is, science. I also just kept I kept thinking, like, how nice her wig was. It was so <laughs> It was, it was such nice hair. I was like, ooh, oh my. <laughs> Her glowering <laughs> silence really pulls together the entire sketch because you know that what is happening is something that occurs very frequently. Like this is a absolutely weekly occurrence kind exactly. Of thing. No, yes, that's, that was that was my take too. That is the foundation of the joke is that they're trying to sell it to her that what they're doing is reasonable, and she won't even react to them. She's just <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, of course you're gonna be loud assholes. Like, like whoa. You yeah. can't have garbage like, meatloaf without 11 ounces of hard liquor. <laughs> but, like, did anyone else get weirded out when they try to appease her by, like, telling her that she looks fine? That was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I, she who says that to their sister? I have a note for that sketch that says uh, that Mark's silence is perfect. He, it's a much better version of his prostitute from Hotel LaRue. <laughs> and then them talking about their sissy as Foxy was a weird turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Does, does does she bite at it, or is she just like? Ugh. She gets all like like bashful and like oh, oh yeah, that's you know, weird. which that's is such a weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, uh, for my part, I really loved the two brothers and a sister one, um, but I think that bad straight man was actually my favorite this episode. Um, I, I I gotta have a rare moment of dissension with Stu, where like I don't know. Just seeing someone desperately try and sell comedy as someone else like ham-fistedly <laughs> ruined it is like very funny to me actually. <laughs> like, oh, I'll explain this joke to the point where it's not funny anymore. That's what I'm supposed to do with straight man, correct? <laughs> um, so that gets uh, four out of five for me. Maybe that's generous. Three and a half out of five. Um, bad straight man gets one and a half out of five for me. It's the worst. It sucks. Um, I think that's it for our episode 10 review. Join us next week for episode 11, which will be hosted by none other than Tsunami. As always, don't hesitate to get in contact with us at contact at kithintelpod.ca or on Twitter at kithintelpod. Thanks all for listening to Kith and Tell. Bye. Bye. Bye.